Today was our third day already at our home, our apartment here in Rinchoa, between Sintra and Lisbon. And if anyone has a heater we can borrow, that would be great. Or maybe bring over a truckload of insulation, too. It's a beautiful apartment. It's big. We've got lots of space. It's comfortable, but it's awfully, awfully damp. We are quickly discovering the perils of travel in Portugal in the winter, unless you're lucky and happen to be facing the sun. But otherwise, the dampness is everywhere. When we first got here, like the first couple hours, it was still the afternoon, it was sunny out, it wasn't too bad, we didn't notice, but as the evening came, suddenly the dampness really started creeping in. As we opened the drawers everywhere, in the kitchen, there's uh, like an island in the middle, and a whole bunch of drawers, and we opened up, there's this musty smell that came out of the drawers. I realized quickly it was from just like the dishcloths and towels and tablecloths. I mean, they were clean, but things just don't get dry. There are blankets, piles of blankets in every room. They all smell a little musty. Some are just way, way too strong to use, so we put them away. And the main fundamental issue here is that the apartment, like I believe most in Portugal and other parts of Europe too, frankly, not only has very little insulation, but there's no heating at all. There's certainly no central heating. There's no baseboard heaters. There's no other kind of heat source. There's no heat pump or anything up on the wall. And unfortunately, they didn't even leave us a little portable heater. So we really had nothing. We had no source of heat. The only thing was to go out on the balcony at the front, if it was sunny, where the temperature would shoot up easily 10 to 15 degrees Celsius, and you could just feel some inner warmth. Within a few hours, the dampness was just creeping into our bones, and I'm wearing like four or five layers. You just can't escape it. I did some research, of course. I was like, well, what do people do in the winter in Portugal? I mean, how on earth can people tolerate this? I mean, I suppose they get used to it. Sure, there's some options. Yeah, you do put on lots of layers. You have your blankets and your comforters. You can try to get a heater, a little space heater or something. I mean, if there's poor insulation or drafts, then there's only so much it can really do. If you're lucky, you have windows oriented towards the sun, at least for some of the day. And another trick we really need to try is to, for starters, just have more candles, but also some clay pots or things like kind of ceramic that will absorb some heat and help to dry out the air at least a little bit. But really, I think fundamentally, people just grin and bear it because practically speaking, I mean, it's still relatively warm, fairly dry until November, maybe mid-November. And I know things will start to turn a corner and warm up by kind of mid to late February and it only gets better from there. So really, you're just kind of toughing it out for, say, three months, which is still a long time. But, you know, there will be sunny days for sure. The issue, the first two full days that we were here, was that there would be sun, but there would be thick, heavy clouds, fog, basically, that rolls in over the hills, and so the sun would disappear after a few minutes. It might come back in, like, another 20 minutes, but it would never really stick around long enough. It wouldn't be pouring rain all day either, by any means. And in fact, there was rarely ever heavy rain, maybe for like a couple of minutes, there'd be just drizzle. The weather changing very, very fast. It was looking like, well, this is what it will be like, you know, every single day. You'll get a bit of sun, but you'll also get lots of rain and the dampness just never really goes away. Well, fortunately today, today was Sunday, we knew the forecast said that there would be 10% chance of showers. It was supposed to be sunny and like 13, 14 degrees Celsius. And when we woke up and the sun came out, Blue, blue sky, it was tiny little tufts of clouds, basically a perfectly clear sky. And finally, it was sunny all day. We didn't have to wait for the sun to come back, you know, intermittently. It was sunny all day, so we could sit out on the balcony and go for a walk and finally just get some warmth. 
I can honestly say the only thing that makes this bearable and comfortable is the fact that our beds are warm. We have nice warm comforters, and once you're in there snuggled in, then it, you know within a couple of minutes you're warmed up, and we have very nice sleep. So that kind of saves the day. But otherwise, yes, it's been very, very damp. I've learned about something called the drop or the damp drop, which is basically when the sun goes down. And even if it was sunny, like today, you know, and fairly warm and you get the sun and things dry out a little bit, as soon as that sun goes down, the damp just creeps right back in and you're stuck with it until the morning. All the windows in this apartment, I think in most apartments, as I've looked around, have both thick curtains that pull across and also these heavy metal blinds. I saw these in Spain as well. They're kind of like slats. They're kind of like Venetian blinds, but they're like solid slats that kind of roll up. So you can lift them up in the morning when uh, the sun comes out and you want to get some as much daylight as possible into the rooms. But at night, not only do you pull over the curtains, you make sure these slats are down because you just do whatever you can to try to keep the dampness out, keep whatever heat you salvage for the day in, and every little bit counts. So it's a little bit like a bunker here, but of course it's dark outside. Right now it's the evening, so it doesn't make a huge difference anyway. Yesterday I went to the local grocery store, a two-minute walk down the street called Pingudosi, where they sell a few other household items, not just food, and I saw some heaters on sale. Most of them were in like the 50, 60 euro range, so I wasn't going to do that, but they had a little electric one for 15 euros, just a little kind of square box with a fan and, and heat, a couple different settings. So I have no problem spending 15 euros to stay warm for the next three and a half weeks. Brought her home and plugged it in, and it started to make a difference right away. I mean, it was just to have any kind of source of dry air coming into the room, into the apartment, even if it's just in one room, and even if there's still dampness and not the best insulation, it, it was really making a difference. And then this afternoon, it suddenly shut off. I read that if it overheats, then it would maybe shut down, but of course, it cooled down and nothing happened. It seems like it's shorted out completely, so... This will be another part of our story here is trying to take it back and figure out how to explain that it doesn't work anymore. I'm thinking I'll still try and get an exchange. I mean, maybe that one was just a dud and we can get another one because as I say, if we don't have a heater, then we're kind of back to square one here and just trying to find some heat. So I do hope it works out. We'll give it another shot. The other creative solution I have, I wonder if other people do this, is there's an oven, not just an oven, but a nice convection oven in the kitchen. I opened the door, I boosted it up as high as it would go, temperature and fan, and just pumped out some heat into the room for like 20 minutes until we got the heater, and I guess we're back to that same case now. It's our only source of dry heat. So, yeah, it's a bit of a downer, a bit of a frustration. I mean, I'm thinking I wish I'd brought some more warmer clothes, some more sweaters and things like that, but I only had so much space in, in the backpack. You never really know what to expect. And I remind myself, well, there's really nowhere else we could go. Even if we were in uh, the Algarve right in the south of the country, it wouldn't be that much warmer. They still have their rain and their damp days and their apartments without insulation. So it doesn't really matter where you go. All we can do is just try to keep as warm and dry as possible, uh, cross our fingers that we get as much sun as possible, and, of course, look past it and enjoy the fact that we're living in Portugal. <laughs> the other thing, too, to keep in mind, it's easy to forget in days like this, but most of the year in Portugal is not just warm, but even hot. In the summer here, it goes up to like 40 degrees Celsius, you know, 100 Fahrenheit. So really, these apartments are designed mostly to keep the heat out. And that's why there's marble countertops. We have a kitchen table that's tempered glass. These things are bone-chillingly cold in the damp winter. But in the summer, they're not going to absorb the heat that's inevitably going to come into the apartment. So they keep those blinds closed, they keep those slats down in the heat of the day. And really, it's all designed to keep an apartment as cool as possible. So that's why, again, you kind of tolerate it for those two or three months of the year. The rest of the year, it's the opposite challenge. 
At any rate, we spent the last couple days just exploring the neighborhood. There's a couple other grocery stores nearby. We found some nice playgrounds for the kids. They're not too big, but they have a slide and a couple swings, climbing structures. So the kids are having lots of fun doing that. We're studying our Portuguese and practicing our Portuguese. It's kind of, from my observation so far, it's kind of 50% here. I mean, I don't expect people to speak English, at least fluently, perhaps functionally, you know, some basic words. But there's a very good chance that they won't when you go to any store. I mean, you just don't hear it around that much. It, it certainly seems like we're the only foreigners or backpackers or Airbnbers in this neighborhood. There weren't a whole bunch of other listings here either. It was just kind of a random place between Sintra and Lisbon that we chose. We wanted to be close to Sintra and close to the train station, so that's why we chose it. And it was a good price, and it was big enough, so all, all the things came together. But yet we are very much surrounded by locals here, which is great, which is exactly what we wanted. We didn't want a touristy place by any means. So the opportunity is there to practice the Portuguese anytime you want, as much as possible. I try my best to understand. There's a little corner store on the ground floor of the building next to us. In fact, it's like you see in Toronto and a lot of places. There's big apartment blocks, 10, 12 stories high at least. And the ground floors are often full of commercial space. So you get cafes and laundromats. There's even like real estate offices. There's usually some kind of convenience store or fruit market a bunch of random stores. So there's, it's easy to find stuff. You don't just have to go to one central place, one kind of shopping mall. There's kind of stores spread out and, and cafes and things and even restaurants all over the place. So I go down to the little corner store a couple of days ago to get a few things. The guy asked me if I needed a bag. I didn't realize what he was saying at first. Then the customer next to me repeated it in English and then the cashier repeated it in English. Oh, English. <laughs> Very, very surprised. I could tell right away. They don't hear a lot of native English here. They don't see a lot of foreigners, at least maybe at this time of year. So he was surprised, but very friendly. And they like, welcome to Portugal. How long are you here? I said, hey, you're, you'll see me a lot over the next three and a half, four weeks because we're living just upstairs. So <laughs> they were excited about that. People certainly have been very nice, friendly, and welcoming. Tomorrow is Monday, January 23rd, and it'll be the first of two days we're planning in Sintra. Sintra is a 10-minute train ride from here. There are trains every five or six minutes, so very, very easy to get to. Most guidebooks and so on, they recommend, you know, taking two or three days in Sintra for sure if you can. And obviously, we're fortunate to have that kind of time. So we're not going to try to rush through it all in one day. We'll go tomorrow and most likely go back again the next day. The plan tomorrow is to get there fairly early, around 9 o'clock, which is when the National Pena Palace opens. This is the brightly colored one with the red and yellow walls and towers. We can see it from our balcony. We can see it perched on the top of the hill. It's roughly 8 kilometers from here. So that'll be our destination tomorrow. See how much time that takes. I mean, there'd be no rush. We could hang around there for quite a while. But there's also the uh, Moorish Castle that's right next to it, which we'll aim to go into as well. Those two sites are basically next to each other. They're close together, and you have to climb up the hill from the village, the town of Sintra. You can take a shuttle bus, too. We'll see how we're feeling. But the plan is then the next day, likely on Tuesday, if we go back the day after, we'll go to the National Palace, which is a different one. If you've seen pictures, it's the one with the two white, funny-looking chimneys. They're kind of like upside-down cones. It's a very distinctive building. And that's much closer. It's kind of right at the edge of the town of Sintra, so you can really walk there quite easily. And then there's a couple other smaller palaces and mansions in that area too, so that might be the plan for Tuesday. But we're really looking forward to it. The weather, again, looks like it'll be nice and clear, pretty warm. So we'll see what we can find. In the meantime, we're going to look for some more candles, some more ceramic candle holders, and hopefully get our electric heater replaced and do our best not so much to stay warm, but really to stay dry.
that's a challenge. So on that note, I am going to go climb into bed, and we'll talk to you more soon.